the live show. All right, now is the time for our guest for our first podcast. We have the honor to welcome her. She's at home while following the COVID-19 protocol. She's with us. She works at the South Health Campus, and she's going to be talking about her experience as a nurse during this pandemic in Calgary. So far, Alberta has had 127,000 cases in total. The world has over 107 million and sadly 2.36 million deaths. Marissa Fluker, welcome on the live show. It's an honor to have you here. Wow, thanks for having me. I love the intro. So you work at the South Health campus, like we said. So we're just, yes. we had a few questions that also coming in from our listeners, etc. cetera. Uh, what are some challenges that you face during your regular duties at the hospital while also dealing with COVID-19 at the same time? <laughs> yeah, I think the main one um, is right now there's no visitors. Um, allowed at the hospital so as you can imagine that's really hard for um, that patients at the hospital and for their families um, so yeah on top of kind of everything with um, infection kind of control that we try to do at the hospital um, more than ever we are their only support systems and we usually talk with family members kind of daily so Um, on top of our medical care, um, we also usually reach out and talk to the family members of each patient during the day. So that definitely adds um, a little more on top of uh, everything going on. Whereas, you know, normally it would be great to have the family in the hospital and visiting and makes things a little bit easier and more comfortable for the patients. So, um, yeah, that's been a big one for sure. Um Yeah, I I would say too, um, just with following COVID protocol as well, um, a lot of the times, you know, we are short staffed just with um, like any workplace right now, any of the symptoms, you kind of have to stay home and can't come back until getting tested, understandably. So um, yeah, I would say honestly, almost every shift I have at the hospital, someone is, um, is sick or has to stay home. And so um yeah, we kind of have to do the best we can in circumstances where we uh, don't have as many staff as we normally would. And, and that can actually uh, make it quite hard sometimes, too. Yeah, to, to work through the progress. Is there a lot of people that have uh, that have contracted COVID as being nurses or? Um, I mean, yeah, there definitely has been my unit. Great. Thankfully, um, I don't think there has been many, but we don't get a ton of the COVID-specific patients um, on the unit that I'm on. So um, I don't know the, the statistics of our unit exactly, but I do know, um, especially in like the COVID ICU or um, the units that are more hands-on with COVID patients, um, there there have been a lot of healthcare providers who have um, contracted COVID, um, either from patients or from family members um, visiting and whatnot. So, yeah, it's kind of a downside right now during everything. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand that. Um, and I think I'll just hop in here. I, I Sorry, Kelly, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no worries. Um, yeah, no, I just wanted to ask a, a, the second question here uh, I have on my in my notes. Um, so, Marissa, as a medical practitioner, uh, how do you feel about the restrictions that you've seen or everyone's seen in the last month or even earlier? Do you think it's a little too much or the right amount or too little? Um, 
I definitely think the most recent kind of lockdown we've had in in December was needed. Um, like if you do look at the numbers, we had quite a spike there, and um, especially right around the Christmas time and the um, holiday season. Um, it, it's so hard to to know what to do because you know I do have a lot of um, friends and family with small businesses, and and you see the effects that you know the last year has had on anyone, and and it's such a difficult decision to you know shut it down or decide what shutting down or what restrictions go into place so um, I'm glad I'm not the person that has to make those decisions but um, I definitely do think that something needed to be done for the last one for sure um, just with the spikes uh, in the cases and it was getting quite crazy in the hospital Um, so yeah I I, I do think the last one in December is hard to was um, the right decision, even though it was hard to do. Um, and I'm hoping it's our last one, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, it's such a hard it's such a hard question to answer because you know there's so many factors that go into it. So yeah, that was quite of a loaded question. Um, and it's not. It sounds like it's not like a too little, too much, or the right amount kind of uh, Goldilocks thing. It's more of um kind of either a lesser of two evils or just kind of sacrificing knowing that it's going to be hard but you kind of have to do what you got to do right so yeah and i think like most people would agree that they you know want this to go away and want our lives to go back to normal if anyone remembers what that was like but um you know at the same time we don't want to completely destroy our economy and have everyone jobless and um you know the health effects that come with that and the added stress that come with that so yeah it's I think John's right with the whole lesser of two evils thing it's yeah it's hard to know what was right or wrong (laughs) and just to precise we're in Alberta here when we're talking about all these things we're in Alberta and Canada for anybody listening outside of that so we're talking specifically in Alberta but it's kind of the same idea around the world I think um so Mm -hmm. it's it's for sure something that's pretty crazy. So in terms of uh, how busy, we've heard how busy it started to get in December, but uh, how busy is it right now, for example, in in, uh, in February with COVID and, and the other medical cases? Do you think that there's enough, uh, you know, supplies as like uh, PPE and other equipments, like those syringe that uh, were, was talked about to get a, uh, a sixth dose out of the Pfizer vaccine, things like that? Or... Are there some things that are, la- that are lacking that uh, that could be filled more, uh, a little bit better? Yeah, um, the syringe is an in- the the syringe for the Pfizer vaccine is an interesting one because, um, as you know, Canada right now the the vaccine supply is kind of a interesting topic. Um, <laughs> so, I personally. I haven't seen, um, you know, a specific syringe that helps get a sixth dose or whatnot. It's kind of just our um, average um, syringe that we would give for any other vaccine, uh, like a flu shot or anything like that. Um, so I personally haven't seen that. Um, I do know it's kind of a new um, uh, topic in like the medical field right now anyway. So hopefully we would be getting that. That would be great. Um, but otherwise, PPE-wise, um, I know in Alberta specifically, um, it's it's been good, actually. I mean, I don't want to jinx anything by saying that. But, um, yeah, at the hospital, like, there there has been proper PPE and 
masks and, uh, you know, N95 masks when we do have to go around COVID patients or possible COVID patients. Um, so that's been great. Um, you know, I haven't heard of anyone using the same mask over and over again, um, which is kind of scary to me to even think about. So I'm grateful that we um, have the supplies like that that we need so far. Um, yeah, definitely in December, I think, um, I know at South Health Campus, they were kind of shifting things around um, to prepare for the huge influx in numbers that we saw. So um, basically um, the unit that I'm on, like I said, is more of like a cardiology um, unit, but um, other units were taking patients from other places and we were kind of all um, doing a team share of patients so that COVID patients could go to COVID specific units or that ICU patients who, for example, had a cardiac problem or, you know, a heart attack or something like that, my unit would be taking um, cardiac ICU patients to free up um, an empty bed or beds in the ICU for COVID patients. So things definitely got moved around. Um, it wasn't our normal um, kind of patient load or patient population that you would see. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a lot of plans in place for, you know, unit A is a COVID unit or, or whatever it may be. And then if we need a backup, then unit B will become a COVID unit and whatnot. And then the patients, we will move to other places. So um, yeah, it's, it's hard on the system. You know, if you think about even, um, you know, women going into the hospital to deliver a baby, I've, I've heard that they're... Um, day in hospital is a lot shorter now um like they're going home after like a day which um especially if you're a first-time mom can be quite um scary and yeah yeah overwhelming <laughs> so there's definitely things like that that um affect the patients because of this whole situation and um it's it's sad and it's not you know up to our standards or um the standard of care that we would like but I think it's just doing the best you can in a situation that's not ideal so yeah it, it's been interesting for sure but I'd like to say that I think everyone's doing the best they can and managing it in the best way we can <laughs> fair enough yeah no doubt that you're doing the best you can like it, it, you're kind of been throwing a curveball and you're just kind of it's it's more adapting and reacting than being proactive it's it's yeah. a mix of being proactive and, and reactive i guess um yeah. and the government this is a perfect segue actually to my next question um so the government recently suggested wearing two or even sometimes three masks um at once to prevent spread do you think that's something we should incorporate or is that kind of being too cautious or is that is being too cautious even a thing right now <laughs> yeah i i heard of this and I kind of saw it both ways. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, a mask is better than no mask. Um, from my understanding, I think the whole wearing multiple mask idea came from, um, you know, people in the community and, and people who don't necessarily have COVID-19 and are just trying to protect themselves, normal everyday people. Um, I think it came from the idea of a lot of people having 
you know, these cloth masks or um, homemade masks. And I think there was a worry that they don't have um, the certain filter or certain materials that are um, uh, required by the CDC to pass the guidelines of a non-medical mask. So I think as long as people feel as though, you know, by, by those masks that have the filter in them, they should have some sort of like a water protection, uh, moisture repellent thing on the outside that goes into it. So, I mean, if you want to wear more than one mask, I think go for it. Whatever you feel um, keeps you safe at the end of the day, I think is what is important here. But yeah, I think the whole concept of wearing more than one mask was they're advising people to not wear the medical masks and to save that for healthcare workers, which is great, but just make sure that the masks you are using are safe in order to protect yourself. So, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, sorry, just to clarify yeah. quickly, the medical mask uh, don't necessarily protect you, but they protect others, where the, whereas the N95s protect you and others. That's right? Yeah, yeah. So the N95s um, basically have a higher um, filtration in them uh, where they basically don't let anything in or out, if that makes sense, to put it simply. So... Um, yeah. Whereas just a um, a medical mask like those uh, blue and black disposable ones, those do count. Um, they have a like a three layer um, system towards them where it's, you know, an outside protective layer, a filter and then usually cotton on the inside. So those we do have a pretty big supply of those in Canada and Alberta. Um, so I think a lot of the public are using those, which is fine, because as far as I know, we don't have a shortage of those. Um, but uh, I think with some of the cloth um, masks, it's, you know, it's really important to make sure that we are washing them and cleaning them properly and then just making sure that they're built properly to um, ensure that nothing is getting through the fabric, if that makes sense. And and yeah. through that, actually, uh, another question that came in mind, uh, do you think the public understands how bad the problem is or, or kind of understand the situation posed by the virus? And I'm not talking about, you know, those few, those few um, for, yeah, those few, you know, those uh, anti-mask that uh, that kind of ruin it all for, for everybody. I just mean in general, <laughs> the general public, do you think understands the situation by the virus or there's still some work to do on that i mean i don't know if anyone understands what's going on <laughs> and you know now we're almost a year in i think a lot of people understand the kind of doing what's best for the greater good wearing the masks just um even the whole attitude of just doing it so that we can get back to normal is kind of how i think a lot of people see it and that's fine um but you know at the end of the day try to just protect yourself the best you can and protect your family the best you can. And I think that's um, the best way to look at it. Um, if you look too deep into COVID, I think it gets kind of scary and overwhelming. And there's so many unknowns, um, even for, you know, healthcare providers. So, um, yeah, I think it's just whatever makes you feel safest and whatever makes you feel like you're managing in this weird time, I think is the best thing for people to do. So I hope by this point, um, you know, whatever that means to people, they've kind of figured that out and in, in how to incorporate that into their 
into their lives, but it, it's hard. And, like, and, yeah. and just to shift gears a little bit, um, just towards your, like you said, with your, your secondary kind of duties as a nurse, um, what, what's been kind of the most challenging aspect uh, that you come across of being a member of that Alberta COVID response um, unit? Yeah, it's, I mean, personally for me, it's been hard with, um, you know, certain healthcare providers haven't been vaccinated yet. And then the unknown of it, of when we're going to, when is everyone going to be vaccinated or when is everyone who wants to be vaccinated will be able to, I think personally for me has been hard, Um, not knowing when more vaccines are coming or, you know, is this the last vaccine that we have that I'm giving to someone? I, I don't know the answers to that. So I try not to think about that aspect personally. I'm, I'm happy to be giving anyone a vaccine if they want it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's just the unknowns in all parts of this um, situation are hard for anyone to deal with. So, yeah. Yeah, it sounds, you know, and, and, and I, we're not asking these questions to, to, to attack, you know, um, like a politician, let's say like Trudeau or anything. This is just purely basing it on what we've seen um, and the general public. It's just more so asking somebody that's been in that field right in front of people giving that vaccine, just seeing what they're seeing on a daily basis. And um, if what is being told on the news is kind of lining up a little bit with what you're seeing, um, mm-hmm. just wanted to put that out there by no means having you on the show or us asking these questions are, is any of us putting any doubt on the system or the vaccine itself? We just want to make sure to clarify that, um, we know that vaccines are, are the best option and then the safest bet to get out of this crisis. So we don't, we just, I just wanted to put that as a disclaimer out there. And just um, to add on, on your comment, John, you know, coming from France, uh, it's, it's the same issue everywhere. There's a, a shortage of vaccine basically everywhere, whether that's Europe and, or North America and most places, at least I know some places like, like Israel have had the chance to have those vaccines delivered a little bit quicker as well. But, uh, there's lots of aspects that obviously we don't necessarily know about, but it's, it's a problem that's everywhere as well. So I think it's important to, uh, to make sure, uh, that's, uh, that's being put forwards john do you have a, a last question for uh for our nurse today uh yeah i think um you know um just with the unknowns and stuff marissa you know and no one knows as far as an exact timetable for the you know for for mass um inoculation of of the covid vaccine um um you know if you had to guess marissa based on what you've seen and and the pace you guys are going at right now if you know steady amounts of vaccines come into play here um what kind of what's a you know a ballpark on you know when you when you'll see the majority of of the population of alberta uh get vaccinated i i wish i knew the answer to that honestly i wish everyone knew the answer to that and i think i think leading back to our point of the whole unknown that's what's so hard for everyone um i always think back to i think it was beginning of december when the vaccine was even announced that it, it had been made and was ready to use so i mean being two months from that um it's pretty crazy to think that you know most countries now are in the midst of vaccinating 
So I hope that continues. I really hope that this year is the end of it. I, I, I wish I could say, you know, three or six months would be great and would be ideal. But I think, I think, you know, a year or a year and a half, I hope that whoever wants to get a vaccine is able to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my hope. But I think we just put our trust into whoever is um, creating these vaccines and manufacturing them. And, and as, as a healthcare worker, I know I can just do the best that I can at, at my level and in my job. So, but yeah, for, for everyone's sake, I, I really hope that 2021 is the last we ever have to hear about COVID. <laughs> And we, we didn't expect you to have a, you know, oh, we're thinking on an exact date, it's going to be done. Right? Oh, yeah, it's no, just more sure. if you had any um, sort of um, thoughts on it, that's all. So it, it's all, everything just like much since last March has just kind of been playing it by ear. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thanks a lot, Marissa Fluker, for everything uh, that you've done through this pandemic and having taken the time to answer the questions as well as on being on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Marissa, Thanks, for guys. being a front, front, front of the line healthcare worker. We appreciate everything, and you're it's doing very and important. Also, appreciate answering these questions. It's really given us some insight. And, and we thank okay. nurses, but we also thank everybody else that uh, that plays an important role through getting the through the pandemic and having to be in the front line. So that's extremely courageous. Thank you very much, Marissa. Of course. Thanks for having me. The live show.